Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Collar Hour podcast with Alan Sal. Our guest today is Rhode Island State Trooper Matthew McGuire. How are you, Matthew? Good. How you doing? Al, that was my radio voice. How'd you like it? Uh, it's, it's, it's very sexy. I figure I'd test it out today. <laughs> it's very modulated. I want to tell you, for the next 20 minutes, we're not getting a parking ticket. Oh, yes. We, I don't, we I don't hand out parking tickets. <laughs> we, use, we know people. No, we're here with uh, Matt McGuire. Well, I, I have to tell you, I've known since I was a kid. <laughs> so we've known each other a long time. And that's what I have to say. You know, I look at your resume. You're a well-established uh, person. You've accomplished some things, mm-hmm. uh, Matt. And my first question in this interview is, um, why are you friends with Matt <laughs> right now? Uh, because you, because I mean, you did pass a psychological I did. test, I, did. I assume, and you I passed did. it to get on the police force. Yep. yep All right. So yep, explain. Yep. So uh, really quiet kid. Always was a quiet kid. So, uh, you know, his last name is his last name is uh, Miranda. Mine's McGuire. So we're in the same homeroom pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it started there. Um, so, uh, yeah, as this kid bouncing around homeroom, making fun of me because he stayed back. Oh. And he was kind of a bully. He's one of those. In, yeah. <laughs> in seventh grade. That's This is your life. <laughs> This is fun. We should pick on now more. So, yeah. So, it was like he was picking on me, so naturally we became friends, you know? Yeah, it was. 30-something years later. his grades declined rapidly yes, after that. Yes, I was a good student, and I barely graduated high school. Well, they say uh, uh, bad company corrupts good behavior. Something good like that. But he has a good family, so I'm not sure that, what happened. Yeah. It's bad egg, I guess. Uh, I live near Power Lines. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I live in. Too 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 much in the center of Warwick, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all kidding aside, you're a good guy. Yeah, we're just we're just thank you. Our time. I, so I don't want that. I don't want the people listening to, to think what's going on over here. You are a good guy. We just we like to give you a hard time, but I digress. <clears throat> so Matt, you have uh, been in the state police how many years? I'm um, in my twenty second year. Twenty second year. And how did you uh, go about uh, wanting to be a in law enforcement, and, and just tell us about your back. Oh, that's a, this is a funny story. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not funny so much. It's just like, uh, so uh, not good in math. So I wanted to go to college, but I didn't want to take a program that was like heavy in math. So, so well, why, why, like, why don't, I know something. talk about childhood. No, <laughs> tell tell the audience and Sal what the your guidance counselor said to you, or your mother. Who was it? You. Trying to think what my mother said to me. Construction. What's that? Construction. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, my mother wanted me to be a priest, actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, my guidance counselor, Mr. Osher, I think it was. I can't remember what he said. But he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, be a cop. It'd probably be good for you. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Basically saying he couldn't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when you... Uh, so, 22 years ago, you... Uh, entered into the uh, yep 2000 the police yep. academy for the state police and now Al did tell me um, not to call you a police officer you are a troop trooper and you would correct me if I did say well. so is this true <laughs> um, uh, no it's it's it's, it's all uh, the it's all the same job we're all in the same job so you know it's uh you know so what was the, the criteria uh, back then to well, get in the academy so like. I started applying in the early mid nineties, not mid nineties, I guess. So I mean, back then Rhode Island, I mean, it's still like that. It's competitive, small department. So I mean, who you, just, you know, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, it could be. Possibly. You know, possibly. I didn't know anyone, but you know, it happens, I guess. Mm. 
but uh, you know, you just pretty much apply everywhere and you try your best. And I actually got hired by the state marshals first. Oh, okay. They're not around anymore. They got absorbed by the sheriff's department in 2000, I think, 2001, something like that. Um, so I was actually in the municipal academy for about two months for them. And then I got the call by the state police because I had applied around the same time to go in their academy for 2000. Um, so I, I dropped out of the municipal academy and went to the state police academy in January of 2000. Um, and actually funny that you, we actually lived up the street here, um, in an apartment. That oh, that's right. Fruit Hill. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, so Tawanda. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we, um, actually I think your dad helped us move our mattress in our bed. Yes. <laughs> I'm still paying for that. By yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was our first apartment and, uh, so we were living up there. Our um, oldest was two, and um, yeah, it's a, so our academy is a living a living academy for six months. So you come home uh, Friday nights and go back Sunday nights. So did that from January to June of two thousand. Um, you know, through the winter and everything. And so the academy itself is up in Foster. So it's snowed the entire time pretty much we were up there now so. is that different than municipal is municipal yeah um so back then municipal academy it's it's more of um it's at ccri it's you don't live there um i think it's you know more of um um like i think they focus more just on the the education piece of it mm-hmm. um with our academy it's you know you live there it's um like boot camp you know, you wake up, wake up early, and make your your rack and inspection and push ups and yelling and you know, it's kind of one of those things. So right, right. if you ever see uh, the first part of Full Metal Jacket, that's kind of similar to that. Yeah, maybe not, not quite not as dramatic, second, not but the second part, right? not the second part. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, a lot of that, and you know, I, when I get near that place, my back my back starts to hurt thinking right. about it. Right, right. <laughs> so so basically, yeah, yeah basically. Didn't, it wasn't like your childhood dream to say, I want to be in law enforcement. It was just your guidance council suggested it because you were bad at math. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's, that's how we ended up Well, here. yeah, it's kind of one of those things. My mother was always get a job with a pension. That was her, like, ramming that into my head since I was, like, a kid. But get, you were, you always, since I've known you, you were pushed it towards law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, I, in high school, I was getting more, I was warming up to the idea. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, obviously. It's, you know, but you kind of warm up to it. You're like, yeah, I could do that. It looks, you know, interesting, you know. I worked at Kent, Kent County Hospital in security for a while. Uh, so. And DG's Arcade. And DG's Arcade Security, yes. Yeah, yeah. Where we yeah. threw people out of the place. Yeah. yeah. Very gently and very respectfully. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. Always, always. Very gently. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so it's, um, I guess, kind of like that. And then you, you know, you learn more about it. You take tests and then you kind of get into it. It's competitive. So if you have a competitive, like most people, you know, you want to do your best and beat people out and, you know, that type of thing. So, right. especially when you're like, in, you know, your early 20s. <laughs> right. and now, I know that the Rhode Island State Police had voted, was they voted the best uniforms in the country? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's how you do your, your, you do your homework. I do my research yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, very, they're very well yep. dressed. He played demented poly <laughs> games. <laughs> it's the uh, the winter uniform. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was on the road for 11 years. Uh-huh. So you started off on, on the, doing like highway patrol? Yeah, everyone is that's starts off in patrol and then, you know. How was, you, it? how was it the first 
uh, traffic stop you made on the highway. That's got to be. So this is, I can tell this story. No this body is, cameras back then. No, but we had in-car cameras. Oh, so, uh, my first traffic stop alone was Barry Sheck. If you remember Barry oh, Sheck, wow. he was he was OJ's lawyer. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. So he was up here because uh, before during my academy, um, it was the Cornell West shooting. He was at Fighters. I think oh, just yes. minding his own, uh, getting something to eat, I and then something that. happened. He was a police officer, a police officer right? for Province PD, yes, right? Yes, yeah, I that. very controversial. Yeah, right. yeah, so, uh, tragic, and just yeah. So he was up here doing something um, for that, and I happened to stop him, and I didn't like recognize him at first, and I look at his license, and I'm like, "Talk oh. about having to do things by the book." I know. I'm like, "Oh, this is Barry Shack, huh? That's interesting." <laughs> and that was your first. That was my first car stop, so wow. I gave him an eighty-five dollar ticket, and he didn't fight it, so thank God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you were on the, on the, on the patrol. Did you say twelve? Was it twelve? Eleven years. Eleven yeah. years. And then where did you go from there? Um, so how it usually works is you, you know, you graduate the academy and then you do your rotations through the barracks. So I did my rotation. I landed in Hope Valley Barracks. I was there for about eight years. Um, uh, great barracks. I mean, great place to work down there. You know, I love the Hope Valley area. It was excellent because you can do everything. You know, there's so much different things to do, you know, police-wise. Um, and then from there, uh, I'd applied for detectives. Uh, eventually getting taken into the forensic services unit um doing forensic you know crime scene work and things like that um so i, did, I was there for six years and then i transferred out to gaming um so you know the casinos obviously and all that uh, i was there for three years and then i did a little bid in financial crimes i was there for about a year and a, a little over a year year and a half a year and a half and uh, now I'm back again in the crime scene unit. Right. Now, I have watched a lot of CSI. <laughs> okay. So I know a little something about yeah. forensics. So, but how true is how, like how close to the vested? Very, very, not, very not, not, close, not at all. Right? <laughs> not at all. So, yeah. so no, it's not that exciting. <laughs> so it's like a typical crime scene crime scene investigation could you kind of walk us through that? Like, just, just sure. the grand scope of things. So, I mean, you know, the mission for the forensics unit is to, you know, document things and mm -hmm. to collect physical evidence to support, um, you know, road invest uh, patrol investigations or other detectives' investigations. We also assist um, other departments, too. Mm -hmm. um, because we have a dedicated crime scene unit. Um, not every department in the state has that. Um, so we, you know, we help out with, um, you know, like Exeter, Foster, you know, Places like that that need help, and it's you know more than happy to do it. Just so a lot help. of times, the state police will assist other departments, right? If, if they ask. Yeah. yeah. Now, is there what uh, under like what stipulations is there that it would be transferred to the state police? Like, is there t typical situations that that all oh, the state police has to take care of this? Um. So, <clears throat> like police shootings, police involved shootings. Mm. Um, okay. We would um, take over that along with the Attorney General's office. Mm -hmm. So there's like a task force for police-involved shootings. So it's, so you have the third party looking at it, you know. I, I think a part of the problems that we run into um, is that there's transparency issues with police shootings. Right. And it's, police departments have their 
rationale for keeping things out of the news, obviously. And then, you know, obviously, you know, there's you know, a lack of trust, I think, with just government overall. You know, being, you know, police departments, the tip of the spear, they're the ones coming in contact with the, with the public. So mm. if the overall government or the system isn't, you know, responding to what the public's needs, it's probably going <clears> to <throat> come out or in some way, um, you know. Well, it's gonna it's, be, it's, that's going to be tough uh, with that fine edge between releasing information about a case and yeah, not looking yeah. like you're hiding something. Right. I would think. Because yeah. there has you know, to be some transparency. Right. right. You can't absolutely. say it. Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. And just, you know, how it's been, you know, for the last 40 whatever years, it's, there hasn't been great transparency. And there hasn't. You can understand why people get upset about things like that. Um, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's, I think it's going the other way and I think, you know, it's, so, I mean, we can only enforce the laws that, you know, politicians, legislature, legislatures, um, you know, draft and put in, put in place. So it's, you know, it's going to be tough, the marijuana laws, because think about like the marijuana, yeah. it, like, it went from being completely <clears throat> illegal to now people can actually carry it and you got to figure out what's legal, what's not. Yeah, it's uh, less than an ounce to carry around and, you know, you I think I haven't... All right, I'll be right back. I have to go to my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, um, it's a civil fine. It's not a criminal fine. So right, if you have right. like less than an ounce carrying around, it's like a civil ticket or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. But I, I haven't done much of those, so... <laughs> When you when you go from place to place in the within the state police, mm -hmm. do you have training in but for each like when you go into uh, what was the other the computer fraud or whatever the computer yeah no, I just did financial crimes well I yeah. mean financial crimes do you yeah. have to is there training for each department so it's kind of the funny thing um, so there is and some people specialize you know in, in different things um, you know the folks I work with in financial crimes you know many of them are like accountants you know cpas oh. you know they have degrees like that may numbers give me a headache <laughs> but at the end of the day it's you know you can do the basic level police work which is developing probable cause and making arrests and when you're dealing typically with financial crimes or things like that it's you know it's it's all it's all in black and white it's money being taken or money, you know, just follow the trail, right? and you just kind of, exactly, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of there for you to develop probable cause. And, you know, it's, I can't do it at the level that some of these other folks can, because they can really do like really in-depth, complicated right. investigations. The biggest thing, I mean, obviously the biggest thing is UI fraud that's been happening in the last year. Um, so, you know, the unemployment fraud with everything going on. It's, right. you know, people stealing identities and getting, you know, unemployment and things like that. Yeah, you know what's strange about that? My wife just got a, a letter today. She yeah. She's eligible. She's, somebody put in, did you get one too? My yeah. wife got a letter saying, yeah. So this yeah. is actually a good, I'll give you the website to report that. Because my wife was hit twice. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um you know, everyone's been hit. It's it, I think it's like sixty thousand people have been affected by it Holy in the state. Holy moly! So, um, so I'll give you the website. I think it'll be good for your audience to know. Uh, it's, so, if you've been affected by UI fraud and you've received, you know, a, a benefits paperwork from Department of um, Labor and Training, go to uh, www.risp.ri.gov. 
at the top of the page you'll see a link you click on that you fill out the information and they'll put a stop payment on the fraudulent claim wow um so sixty thousand people who yeah is, who is behind most of this i mean do you know i'm sure you don't know but <laughs> well, if he knew that I yeah stop. it's you know what it's, are you doing here there's, there's there's a lot of um you know outside of the country type of things um that's crazy huh? yeah hey, so uh, like a typical scam they'll do um is they'll find someone who's like needs quick money they're down on the lock they find them at the casino actually and they'll say hey you know I need this your bank account to get some money. Give me your bank information. I'll wire money into your bank account. You can take say two thousand dollars, and I'll I'll just give me info and I'll take out the rest. So that's kind of a way that they wow. so they so, find these smurfs. So somebody to do that. using my wife's name will, will be depo- have money deposited in an account. Yeah. For somebody. Wow. Yeah. Did I tell you I got charged seven hundred forty-eight dollars for a burrito? Oh, for burrito story. <laughs> I won't tell. I won't tell you. About it's a good the burrito. I won't, hey. I won't tell you the restaurant chain, but they did it after a couple weeks. You know, get on it. Get on it, Matt. That's, get on it. That's not my department you, anymore. You, you want me to like dust for fingerprints? I can do that probably. Yeah. We the figured out. Good, <laughs> <laughs> we figured out. It's forty dollars per bean. <laughs> yeah, that's a true that's story. A, that's a good. That's a good burrito. Burrito. You don't want to know how much the nachos cost. No. And I, I didn't even get guacamole on oh, it. Geez. That's that. what he's mad about. That's the money. I know. So, anyways, let's let's get off these white collar crimes. Sure, I think sure. It's a little boring. What about shootings? So, there's a shooting. Uh, what? How do you go about uh, as far as starting so? What? What kind of shooting? Hey, I'll let you choose. <laughs> a fun well, one. I would say any investigation. Fun with a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there typically is if there's a shooting. Shootings are not fun. Yeah, no, they're not not good stuff. Um. I mean, any investigation, shootings, wherever, it starts with, you know, cameras, you know, taking photographs, documenting the scene, you know, you collect evidence. Um, I'm not an expert by any means, so, you know, like shooting trajectories or anything like that, but there would be an analysis of that. Um, we actually have a, 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 a Leica system, which is a digital 3D mapping, so we can put that in the scene, and it maps the scene as a 3D image, and then you can actually do... If you put in um, um, uh, trajectory rods into, you know, say it's a, into a wall, you can measure a distance, angle, and things like that. So, um, you know, it's very, it's very, it's very like tech heavy kind of unit. So you're not an expert because there's a lot of math involved. Yes, well, exactly. <laughs> but the, the computer does the math for oh, you, okay, so, so you know. <laughs> how long did the how long did bullet travel, uh, Cooper McGuire? Long, long way. Long, <laughs> long, long way. It was fast. <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah. So, so you get the 3D mapping, you get the rods, and, and what else? What, what else goes into it? Um, like basically, uh, there can't be a lot of shootings yeah. for state police, though. I mean, as far as on the highway? No, I mean, they're, 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 those do happen occasionally. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to because you have cars moving at... 80 miles an hour. Right. Well, I've seen <coughs> traffic stops. Has there been any instances like traffic stops where... That's no, like, not in not quite some time. Here. Yeah, not in yeah. quite some a long time, actually. We've we've been lucky like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's mostly just, you know, you know, either people doing it, you know, civilians shooting whatever or, um, you know, other departments that we've helped out with. Um you know, I'm like I can't really get into like the technical nitty gritty of it. I mean, it's really not as like the TV shows. It's right. not like that. No, it's 
you know, a lot of it's, you know, kind of like basic stuff. So Cause I'll tell you, Crockett and Tubbs shot somebody every week. I know. And it's, nobody well, came. it was the 80s, so you could do that stuff. The only thing you had to worry about was, uh, <laughs> I, uh, what was it, I, what was it they call it? The uh, internal. Uh, internal IA? IA. Uh, that was what you had to worry about. <laughs> like, simple with. Uh, like, we, we have professional standards, so. <laughs> <laughs> what is like that? Like, is there like a specific rate maybe you do or don't know this that, uh, of solving shootings or, or that you were I mean, if you're talking like homicides, I mean, most homicides are between people who know each other. They're usually crimes of passion. So they usually, homicides typically have a high clearance rate. It's when you get into like the drive-by shootings and things like that where it gets, where it gets hairy. I mean, you hear about like Chicago, for instance, having so many unsolved homicides, but... There's so many, and I mean, understaffed, and a lot of those I think are just drive-by or you know, stranger on stranger yeah, type shootings. A lot of, uh, <clears throat> you know, shootings to do with you know, drugs, drug dealing. And yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you know, where there's there's drugs, there's guns typically. Right. You know, that's right. another issue that we have in the country is too many guns. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So um, now this is a subject that. You know, you are the first law enforcement officer we've had on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you know um, the current um, volatile situation, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, with between the police, police brutality, had mm-hmm. George George Floyd, mm-hmm. um, Breonna Taylor, all that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I it's kind of like, you know. I think people are taking sides. Like, you know, there's a lot of division. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. against civilian, right? And, yeah. And, like, you know, one one part might say, well, it's a police, police brutality, they're bad. And, you know, obviously there's some bad apples here in, yeah. in every situation. And then, then the police can say, well, or maybe the police say this, or other people I've heard say, well, if you don't commit a crime, you won't get a shot. And you know it's not black and white. It's no, true. It's, it's in true. the middle. It's yeah. a true statement, you know, uh, in a in a broad range. But it's you know this isn't a perfect world. There's no perfect situation. No, so, no. You know, as 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 being a law enforcement officer, what are your opinions on this? Obviously, you're a police officer, so you have you know slighted views. But what what do you think about the whole, um, whole situation? So I'm sorry, you're a trooper. You're not a police officer. Thank I'm you. A, I'm a police officer. Ooh. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the George Floyd thing, you know, I, I, I've read people's opinions. No matter what the guy was, no matter what he was as a person, probably a bad guy, he, no, no one deserves to die like no, that. No, he didn't ever. deserve to, to die like that. And regardless of what he was in the past or what he had done, it's, it was that, this whole situation didn't, didn't merit anyone dying. Right. Um, you know, I can say, and, you know, it's, you hate to do, like, quarterbacking on people, especially a situation you weren't even part of or anything, but... I've been in, the, in that position several times. Use of force—you take someone to the ground. Mm-hmm. I've never killed anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, put them in handcuffs, and you know, away they go. And once they're under control, it's it's good. Yeah, and nothing's personal, or anything's nothing's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. we don't know. Like they said, they had, they had a relationship as far as George Floyd and the what was this show? Chauvin. Chauvin. Yeah. They had a personal relationship. There might have been something else. We nobody knows, but yeah. obviously that was excessive. Use were they bouncers sport. together or something like yeah, that? I think supposedly, they were a nightclub or something. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But I mean, that was regardless that was, if they knew each other or not. Yeah, that that was it was well, poorly I, handled. I think that's part of the issue too. Is that you know when you you deal with someone, you don't know what they have in their system. Mm-hmm. 
you know, George Floyd had taken some narcotics and, you know, he was in a fragile condition. So his breathing his breathing and everything, which is going to affect your central nervous system. So, you know, it's it's the standard. It's care and custody is what they call it. And once you put your hands on someone, you own them. Right. And whatever happens to them is on you. And that's where it kind of <clears throat> like, you know, if I'm on the road and I pull a someone over and you know i get into a use of force situation i pepper spray someone and they walk out in the traffic and get hit by a car well it's on me i you know i I didn't control the situation i I didn't take care of the you know the person now do you think that's a uh a training issue or is that just a personal um, Um, issue as he the type of person he was well it always goes back to training because that's where typically um that's how departments get sued so, you know, someone might do a chokehold, and if, it's, if it violates policy, then, you know, you're not going to be covered by your department, and, you, you know, the municipality or state or whatever will get sued on that. Because right. chokeholds have been banned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that, that's the funny thing. It's not funny, but... So, you know, our system of law enforcement is in this country isn't national, it's federal. Right. All right, and so it's, you know, we got the FBI and DEA and ATF are federal, and then you have state, municipal local everyone has their own standards there's no nationwide use of force standards Mm. so some municipalities towns might allow chokeholds or may allow pursuits with pit maneuvers and Mm. ramming into cars and things like that i don't know why why anyone would because you know again if you do that and you kill someone you're getting sued you know um you think um it should be a federal standard. I know, like a lot of times, you say, "Well, we want less government. Let's let the yeah. states decide." Well, I think it would be a, a good thing to have the federal, uh, to have it a federal thing where everybody complies the same. Yeah, way. well, I think it that it should be, you know, especially you know, like use of force standards. Yeah. You know, I mean, pursuit. I mean, are we going to have the same pursuit policy in Rhode Island that they do in Nevada, right. where it's wide open for right. hundreds of miles? Like, no, that's that's entirely different situation, but. A human being, two, two human beings fighting. It's you know, it's the same thing regardless if we're here or if we're in Wyoming. So right, right. I don't I think that. that's yeah. It's it, I don't think those high speed those high speed chases never end well for anything. No, no. You know what I mean? They're cool to watch on TV. Yeah, they're they're great, but it's you know to watch on TV. But nobody you know, wants to be around them. Yeah. That's for sure. So I mean, you chase someone. It's always some you know innocent person that gets right wiped out or you know. It's, um, now how about you went back to people, you know, with drugs and uh, with uh, uh, does all do all the troopers cars have fennel, uh, not fennel, uh, what do you call it, the Narcan? Yeah, yes, yep, everyone carries the Narcan. Because the amount of overdoses yep. and deaths. We have um, the Hope Initiative too. Um, we have someone tasked with that, and that's kind of outreach with um, folks that have overdosed, so they try to keep track of them and see if you know, offer services and things like that. Um, so that's kind of something that, you know, we've been tasked with. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, Cause it goes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And people forget, you know, we, we've had COVID the last year, but people forget that there's still an opioid epidemic. Right. Absolutely. You know? uh, we had a friend that we grew up with that I, I, I would say cause of drugs, he ended up killing a guy with his yeah, bare right. hand. Well, bare, his bare hands yeah. killed the guy. Yeah. And now he's in life in prison all because mm. of dope. Yeah, he so. got twisted up on pills crack or pills or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, and so I just wondered that because you know I hear every week now multiple yeah. people overdosing. Yeah, 
Yeah, it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's awful. Fentanyl, yeah. Fentanyl. It's every, everything is stepped on with fentanyl. Cocaine is, everything pills, is. Pills, right? They're yeah, they, pills they, they, yeah, they make and it. The pills is, look like oxy. And but that is not only to, to cut it and make it less expensive, but it's, it's because it's very addictive. Right? Yeah, and people actively seek it out, too. So that's... And that kind of goes to like you know our drug policy. It's you know you criminalize that behavior, but it's really I think a mental health substance use issue. Right. You know it's yeah. I mean they're supplying and they're they're the supply or the demand rather. Mm. You know which drives the supply, but you know I, I guess there's just other ways to handle it. You know. Now well, do you have any like task force as far as that the state police? Do they have any task force as far as? Drugs go yes, so we have a, a height of unit, so uh-huh. that's what they do. Can't really talk too much about what they do, though. Where are they right now? They could be right here. Who knows? <laughs> as far as the uh, and you know, going back to the training, um, yeah, whether it's state police or it's municipal, mm-hmm. um, you go through the academy. Yep. And then after that, obviously, you got to keep up on your your your, your shooting. Your, you go to the range. Yep. And, and yep. Qualify we qualify. And all yep. That. Um, yep. As far as training, do they do they have any continued training just for a basic, you know, because I mean, if you're in the military, National Guard, mm. you're always in some type of training. Is it anything like that for the police? Um, like Again, each department has their own standards. Mm-hmm. We qualify, well, we shoot three times a year, mm-hmm. qualify twice, mm-hmm. and that's with a handgun, patrol rifle, um, shotgun, you know, things like that, so... Um, you know, and then there's, you know, DUI recertifications and, you know, we do some use of force, um, you know, kind of refreshers and things like that. Um, you think there should be more? Your opinion. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of shooting. I think we do more than most. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can never go wrong doing more training, right. you know. Right. I mean, I guess my, my basic answer, simple answer is yes. Right. Yeah, okay. is uh, yes. You know, I think, you know, you know, as because in, in the reason I asked about, you know, the police brutality and what's mm-hmm. been going on, you know, it's not like to create more division. I'm, I'm thinking like solutions. And if it was that easy, yeah, you know, it would have been right, solved. Right. So it's, there's no easy answer there's only you know everybody's got their opinion and ideas but mm-hmm. you know part of that i think you know you you go from two aspects but part of that is from the police perspective is training i believe um, yeah maybe more de-escalation training you know do they have things like that i'm sure they do in the, the academy yeah yeah um that's gotta be you know although you're, you're right too because it's such a precious situation i think the like it should be like secondary, you know, second nature. It's not something you do like, all right, we're in the academy. If they do, I don't even know if they do it. Maybe yeah. they do. Oh, we do this for a month or two and then just never go back to it because, I mean, like Al said, you're in that pressure situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, your heart's racing. Your mind's who, yeah, who knows yeah. what's going on. You, your life. I mean, you guys have, you know, the job. Like you, you, you can leave your house in the morning. You might not come back. So mm-hmm. you know you're in danger. Yeah, and. Anything can happen. So to have that training, to keep up on that training, to have that de-escalation training, to mm-hmm. be put in high-pressure situations, I think would only be for the best. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, you th- think about, you know, people. Like, I was 24 when I got on, and I'm 
I'm not the person I was when I was 24. Oh, definitely. You know, so I, nobody is. No, so much more mature, a little bit more mature. Very, very, <laughs> little. a little very, longer than two. Ah, yeah. Or missing some, you know, whatever. Oh. <laughs> okay. He's making fun of me, people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's you know it's. Um, I think it's important to foster that and to kind of keep that in mind. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things in, you know, police culture. And I guess it was kind of gearing up that way when I first got on. But it's like the warrior mentality. It's like a big thing. Um, and I guess it, it does apply. But, you know, the warrior mentality applies to about maybe five percent of what we do <laughs> you know yeah. the rest is kind of like you need more of a counselor mentality and yeah, that's you know what that's what saying, yeah. you know, you need, and you need to turn on and turn off when you can you know when you need it because you know you do you know it's you know 90 percent paperwork well you like know. you said de-escalation is is the you 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 de-escalate something by with counseling rather than force Right. That's but it's not an easy thing to do, right? It's right. you know, Especially you, you talk to someone not in their right mind frame. Right, exactly. And then or if they're just you know, angry and then you're a convenient target and you know you know I just think you have to put yourself in the police officer's shoes. It's a split second decision. I mean I, I, I there's some things you can see that are, that are they do this wrong at, at yeah, some right. cases. But it's a split second decision, man. And, you know? you, and you're going to think, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, well, you should have more training and this and that. But now you're talking, I'm sure, about a funding issue, right? Well, well, yeah, it's funding and time because most departments are short-staffed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the motto is, you know, you know <laughs> unofficial motto for us is do more with less. Right. I think that's any, any business. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, know, it, pretty much. It's, it's sad that it applies yeah. to you. Because you know you have that, yeah, it that duty sure. to protect yeah. and serve, and it, it's essential. Yeah, you know, just like a, a uh, fire department or yeah. a rescue or whatnot. It, I mean, it's essential. So I mean, for us, the state police, we have the same amount of people that we had back in 1980. That's crazy. Wow. And just think about the roadways and the amount of cars on the road, and for sure, the amount everything. of people. Exactly. It's Definitely just have gone up a lot. More than you know, 1980. That's unbelievable. And it's it's more. It's more uh, focused towards the metro center too. I mean, Hope Valley isn't as, you know, in my time, it's it went from a very very busy barracks to not quite so busy. And in, in terms of foot traffic, people coming in and oh. things mm -hmm. like that, you know. Uh, how about like as far as and, and and maybe this isn't it could apply to state uh, police, but I would think it would be more of the uh, cities and towns, like a, maybe like an outreach. Program like where you you they're involved more in the community. Yeah, we do that actually. Do you do yeah, that? yeah. Okay. We we actually they just created a position, um, the diversity and equity unit. Mm -hmm. So and they they always tried to outreach folks before you know especially during um, um, recruitment time. And um, just for your viewers, if anyone's interested, we're hiring now or recruiting Ooh, for the next academy. Wow. So just go to the same website I gave you before, and you can fill an application. Am I too old? <laughs> well, are we just going to stick with the age? Are there other things that maybe we should focus on? Drug tests. <laughs> we'll, start, we'll start there. Now, do you need a, uh, I'm assuming you need a bachelor's degree? Nope. You nope. 18 and uh, citizen. Really? Yep. Because I mm. thought uh, most... 
the problem is doing about so it's right? funny when i was first applying that was like a huge push is that they wanted people with like bachelor's degrees and you know and specifically in law enforcement eh, okay i get it but you're, you're missing a ton of good people that maybe went into a trade you know, they're plumbers or electricians or, you know, stone workers or masons, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, there's plenty of guys and gals on my job that... Do veterans still get a preference? Uh, MPs? I would maybe. think they should, honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it helped if you're in, in yeah. service and you're MP or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we have a, I mean, we have a bunch of veterans. I mean, it's, yeah, it's... You know, my, my brother, he's on the job also, and, you know, he was deployed a couple of years ago. Hello, Brian. To Iraq. Yep, yep, my brother Brian. To Brian. To Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, our, our academy is, like, the most we can put in is, like, 35 people. It's a small academy, so, you know. How much of the academy is, like, how many people are in an academy? Like, a big city, like a, like a Boston or, I mean, they have hundreds of people oh, they have, at yeah, a time? Yeah, like, um, like Mass State Police, they'll graduate a class of, like, 150 you know, wow. you know, Connecticut's like Mass State Police has twenty five hundred people, twenty five hundred troopers. Wow. And Connecticut's like twelve hundred. What does Rhode Island have? Uh, two hundred. Oh wow. So the the I second the the state what Delaware is the second small state. So. They have like three hundred and fifty. Wow. So. Mm, really. Delawareans. No, <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, on the beach, you know. No, it's just that's just kind of that's just how it is, you know. It's it's I don't know. Yeah. It's oh, wow. So, how do you feel about defunding the police? <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, obviously, what a stupid thing to say. Why well, is that stupid? The defunding the police. Oh, I, I thought you meant the question. No, no, <laughs> good question. Because <laughs> I, I just gonna, think, I was gonna. I always think it's just the dumbest thing you could say. Because those people, if anything happens, we'll have to like. Uh, do I have to break like you guys up now <laughs> and like? Well, here's the thing. Doodle. I understand the concept. I mean, it's it's understand the concept. I in a way that okay, uh, well, let's take away from police funding and we'll put it into the community and, and programs and whatever. It doesn't make sense to yeah. me. I do agree. We need. Tons more programs for for our youth. We need to reach out to our youth. No, we absolutely. Need to build them up, especially the inner city youth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, to take away to to have the the, um, uh, the idea that that if we take away from the police funding and we put it in the community, that there's going to be less crime is 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 silly to me. Um, so. Yeah, um, that's a macro issue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, defund the police. Okay, I mean, what are you going to replace it with? What service? Because there has to be a service or something commensurate, you know. So, so, so I mean, I was reading an article in the Atlantic, which is left to center more or less, and they even said that you know the. Um, the support for defund the police is very low across Democrats and even, you know. Thank you. You know, yes. but, you know, I mean, you can kind of understand, though, there are, um, like, community mental health agencies that are very poorly funded. Mm. And, you know, they don't have enough folks. Right. Um, you know, I kind of got both sides of, you know, police officer, I did that, I'm doing that. <laughs> and, you know, I was... 
I was in the Rhode Island College uh, Clinical Mental Health Program, which I just recently graduated from. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Took me about six years, so I should be a doctor, but no, I just got a master's degree. <laughs> I, was a, I was a case study. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You're, you're, you're good, buddy. <laughs> no, so um, part of it was an internship. So I interned for a community care alliance out of Woonsocket, which is, it's like, you know, the community mental health agency for the northern part of Rhode Island. So it's like Winsocket and Cumberland and Barraville and North Smithfield and all that. Um, but, you know, they they just don't, you know, they do good with what they have, but they don't have the funding that, you know, they need to really, you know, do the best they can, you know. You know, all the people are great there and they're doing what they can, but, you know, they could well, they probably use more funding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know. Because it gets into, you know, you're dealing with families. So it's usually like a kid that's having a problem. and But it's the family that's the problem because there's systemic trauma. Mm. You know, f- yeah. you know, family historical trauma that gets passed down through. It's, you know, you know, sexual abuse and things like that. And it just becomes a family thing. So the same families get stuck in that same, you know, vicious circle. I think, I think the, uh, this country has gone away from like a mental health. Yeah, I, I was talking to an ex-prison guard who was telling me he, like, he, he, would, he guessed between like 20 and 25% of the people in the prison he was at are probably mentally... Oh, yeah. Could be even, even more. Just like, yeah. the, you know, we, yeah. people, where, we, where we work, I see people walking around talking to themselves. Those people will end up getting arrested. Yep. And I, do, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> You're a different breed. <laughs> no, no, you know what I mean? And those people need to... Would, 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 does not deserve but should be in a, an institution to help them rather than mm. a jail where they're just going to get abused well so that's kind of like part of this like so there's two things historically with you know mental health in this country um so you're right and if you include substance abuse it's probably 90 percent of the prison population right you know i mean obviously um so you know years and years ago you know like the lad center for instance mm-hmm. mental mentally ill people were put in institutions and that's where they were dumped. And that's where they, you know, were kept and, like, secluded from the rest of society. And naturally, with any organization or any institution like that, there's going to be abuses. And there's going to be people that abuse, you know, weak people. Not weak people, but at-risk people. Right. <coughs> um, so those, you know, abuses came out, I think, in the mid-60s, late 60s. And then they went to the community model, which is keeping, you know, ill people in the community, in their homes, preferably, and things like that. But So you have community mental health centers and things of that nature, but you know, at the same time you have you know, these folks that now are walking the street and you know, they yeah, might not uh, be taking their medication. I There's, mean, how, yeah. how much percentage of the homeless do you think um, have mental... I would bet... All of them. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. I yeah. mean and that's, that's part of it is that you have you know, a high percentage of homeless folks with you know, mental illness. Um, untreated right because they're not taking their meds and, and they have nothing they have really nothing to do except getting in trouble for yeah. you know strange and you know things they do without really hurting anybody right. yeah, I mean, there's so many travesties and injustices everywhere mm. um, and there's people that need help and it's easy to sit you know play Monday morning quarterback and say we need to help them they should do this they should yeah, do that but yeah. it's not simple nope. uh, where is the money coming from um, I think, and as as a community level, I think we, you know, you know, instead of sitting back there and, and criticizing, you know, there's people equipped to help people. 
Yeah. And yeah. I think people, including myself, uh, need to get off their couches and get involved in the community and outreach to these people. And that's how we make differences. That's how we make changes. Yeah. I mean, there's... You know, there's all these places are looking for volunteers. Right. People have spent, you know, take the time to like be a peer or be, you know, a mentor or coach. You know, yeah. like you coach know, you out. did for yeah, hey, coach. Well, those poor kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah. I um, it's it's true. They especially early on. If you don't if you don't help somebody early on, they're just gonna get worse and worse. Yeah, well, that's and you, you can know. see it too. You just look at the parents and be like, yeah. You know, if the kid doesn't get some sort of intervention, that's, you know, might be their future. And it's awful. Yeah. It's awful, and it's, it's, it's an awful feeling, you know, thinking about it. It's and, in, and in turn, it, you know, and I see where they're coming, they say, put the money into, you know, community services yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you put the money, not only the money, the funds, but the time and energy into our youth, it's going to make your job easier. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know that's, that's where you... That's where it starts. I mean, I know from my time in Hope Valley, there was, you know, one family and, you know, the old old timer guys would be like, oh, yeah, we used to arrest his dad back in the day and for the same stuff. And it was, you know, yeah, it's just what the kid learned growing up and he's just repeating it because that's what he knows, you know. Um, so um, what was I going to say? Ah, I, had a, I had a point I was going to make, and I missed it. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I never catch it again. I never catch it again. It's gone. You had so many good ideas, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I heard I, you invented Bitcoin, but you know you forgot about it. I forgot about <laughs> it. Sal invented Dogecoin. That's no, <laughs> not. Don't don't be bad mouthing Dogecoin. Oh boy. <laughs> Thank you, Elon Musk. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, oh, I, I know. I was going to say about defund the police. So, you know, there's another thing like. Okay, it's it might be good for some folks, but you know, what if you're, you know, in a domestic violence situation and you are getting beat on by your significant other? Are you going to call a social worker or do you want a police officer there? Right, right. You know, and you know, if someone's thinking about sending a social worker, unarmed social worker, into a domestic situation, which are the most dangerous situations for a police officer to go into, because it's you know the the victim can turn on you just as much as right. the perpetrator, and it's that. happened. You know it's it's happened to me. So, because you know, it's usually alcohol, drugs, and how would a how would a a, a state trooper be involved in a in a um, uh, domestic domestic violence? Like, you don't go to houses, right? How yeah, no, I do. Like Hope Valley, it's we were the pretty oh. much the the. I mean, they had their choice. You know, like Exeter doesn't have a police department. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so oh. we would be we would be there. You know, and. Other parts of, like Richmond back in the day, only had um, only patrols up to midnight, and then we took oh, over. Oh wow! Now they're twenty-four hours now, but back then, a small town. You know, oh. same thing with you know Hopkins and smaller towns like that. You know, and they would they'd have their pick. They could call the local PD or us, and sometimes they would call us. And you already <coughs> said you're on demand as it is. Yeah, right. You know, now now you're caught into it more than yeah. You know, people are at risk. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's yeah it might make people feel good like defund the police and all that but you know it's someone's going to be affected by it you know negatively that you might not be thinking there's no perfect scenario no there isn't no i mean i guess we got to trust in our politicians right or or vote or vote better (laughs) (laughs) vote for better politicians or demand a better class of politician i would say i mean (laughs) i I heard the um the analogy um voting i guess for, for the president is like 
uh, picking from a basket of rotten fruit. You try to pick out the one that's yeah. rotten. That's for sure. I mean, you think about the, uh, you know, what it takes to be the president. You have to believe that you can convince millions of people to like you. I mean, what kind of, like, narcissism is that? That is just a different level. You have to be just a different kind of person. And as far as politicians, <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're honest and you're trying to do the right thing, yeah, that's not gonna you're work. only going to make it so far. Mm. Because, you know, Ask JFK. Ooh, he had to go there. <laughs> no, anyway. I, was, I got a book, a new book up. Right. Okay, you're on the jail. I'm not going down the conspiracy trail, That's man. Yeah, I'm not okay. doing what it. How do you feel about Flat Earth? Who was in the, uh, <laughs> who was that, the grassy knoll? I was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So as, as we're talking about, you know. Um, I don't think there's any Portuguese people down there in Dallas. Oh, let's not do racial shit. Yeah. <laughs> Portuguese people are good people. Yes, they are. They're lovely people. <laughs> They're a big portion of our listeners. Yeah, yes, they are. Yes, they are. So, um, you know, we're talking about the, the domestic violence, and you don't want a social worker going, obviously. You want you know, a police officer or a trooper. Um, what about, say, school shootings? I know that was a big issue. Mm. We were talking about, oh, let's arm, you know, teachers. Obviously, you, they it's would a horrible be trained idea. if you think it's a horrible idea. It's a idea. horrible idea. Okay. Guns only make things worse. They don't help. Right, so, I, so how, you know, how would you... I guess police that how would you you know you know I would I bet you I, I the answer would be just, just to get to the kids before they get to that point how are you gonna do that though it's tough man that's gonna be tough listen I mean let's, let's look at our school shootings I mean what are being used you know the high assault, high assault rifles with right. you know high capacity magazines you know you know he's not someone's not going with a you know a break shot, a break shotgun, that, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. Exactly, it's you know. So and they're random. Yeah. They you know they happen oh, wow. randomly. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's crazy. You know, but so how do you, how do you stop it? Okay, so if you arm a teacher, okay, well, what if the teacher gets their gun taken from them? That's what people don't understand about. Uh, back that up. I'm sure people understand that part, but there are other things to owning a gun than just having the gun. It's storing it safely. Yeah. Like it locked safe. So it doesn't get stolen. And that's how many of the guns that are used by criminals are gotten. They're stolen by right. law-abiding citizens. It's not saying that like, so, uh, you have a better chance of being the gun if you have a, yeah. a gun being used, used, used on, on yourself. You. Right. But I think I think having a gun is important. Well, though. it's proper training. Is yeah. Well, yeah. So, But then there's retention. There's handgun retention. Okay. So you have a gun. If someone tries to take it from you, do you know how to hold on to your gun? Not many people do, I don't think. They they focus on the shooting the target thing and not the actual physical right. holding there's, the thing. There's more that goes into right, and that's why right. In, in that. That's why a gun goes in a holster because if it tries to get taken from you, it's in your holster and you can hold on to it better. Right. Um, now, in in terms of teachers doing that, I don't think that's a great idea. I think it's just dangerous and it could add to a you know. You know, a more volatile situation. You know, if a student acts up and then the, the teacher overreacts, and especially in a high school, exactly. You know, and then think about, you know, um, like you know, police officers in the school. Okay, it sounds like a good idea. I would think it would be a deterrent. Could be. It wasn't in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't really because there's one guy in this gigantic regional school. Right. All the all the shooter has to do is just find out where he is at the time, and then go to the opposite side of the school and right. let loose, you know. And you know, it's just I don't know. So what's the answer, Matt? 
Well, I would say get, forward to left. I would say get rid of all the guns, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the only other answer is to harden the school to make it impossible or near impossible to get a gun in. Metal detectors. Metal detectors, walls. I think it, so it would be like a prison, and yeah. that's probably not the best learning environment, I think, right? right. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it that if people want if people want to hurt people, it's they're going to do they're it? They're going to, exactly. Right, right. right. and that's the thing. And I it's, think it's tough to... Uh, right, and they're random, and you can't, yeah. you can't account I mean, for I'm it. I'm sure you can limit the odds, but yeah. there's no escaping the fact that mm. it can happen. And I mean, the whole thing, that you know, the, the hero with the gun, that people, I just... There's more bad things that happen than the good things. So, so you seem like you're you're you would be big on gun control. I am. Yes. Okay. Yes. Speak on that a little bit. Uh, I've I've just seen what, up close and personal what guns do to people, and it's yeah. it's not good. <laughs> you know, and I think you know, as a species, we're good at building things, but I don't think we have the maturity, emotional maturity, to, to really take responsibility for the things that we build. Do you know what I mean? Like, we have these things, and we're good at building things, but are we mature enough as a species to have them? <laughs> Should we have them? I think that's why the aliens haven't shown themselves yet. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting. <laughs> so so if, you, if you say, you know, you have a, a citizen, a, a law-abiding citizen mm -hmm. um, who wants to own a gun to protect his family... Um, you even even that you would say I'd rather not have that. I, I would I rather not, but that's yeah. you know we have the Second Amendment and that's part of the Bill of Rights and that's not going away. You can't you know get rid of one thing and not expect well them to go not go after like the First Amendment. You right, know, right, right. so I would just say that you know there has to be more training training and like I know people don't want to be tracked with guns, but guns aren't tracked. They're all over the place. Right. They're they're proliferated throughout this whole entire country we could stop building guns today and there'd still be more than enough guns that kill everyone like 10 times over <laughs> you know it, you know i wonder if it's possible to say all right if you if you buy this gun or before mm. you buy this gun you have to go through a gun safety training you yeah have to yeah go through this course or that course yeah and then constant you know training right you know, if we have to do it then it would be a bad i mean think about it you get a license you gotta do your license every couple mm. of years but you know, it's that's true. That's true. But guns are like, especially in this country, they're like magical. Though it's more than just a gun; it's 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 like a symbol of something. Yeah. So if you take that away, you're kind of yeah, right. you're really yeah. you know some you people get revolt, really revolt yeah that wouldn't that wouldn't be good. And yeah. you know it's you know people it's just if people were more responsible with it and there was better ways of tracking things and mm -hmm. you know the companies that make the guns need to be more responsible right. about how they do things how about you know? as far as and i'm sure you don't know numbers maybe you know roundabout numbers as far as like a right to carry state like uh texas i think uh, florida or, or yeah i think you can carry. probably just walk with both guns and hands down there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah right so in, I, in rhode island it's it's over. much there they're uh very strict in rhode island yeah. about so, carries. I mean, as far as a state like that do you think that would say deter things we say oh you never know who's carrying Everybody's well that's carrying. interesting that you say that so you know you go back to the cold war and there you know what was the the Everybody policy found, right? was mutually assur assured destruction yeah. do you want that on a social level i don't think that makes for a great society because yeah. then everyone's suspicious of so each other it's not great yeah. you know i don't i don't know i i 
it's not an easy thing. Because no, of course it's not. As a citizen, you like, if someone you know is breaks into my home at night and tries to hurt my family or myself, am I going to be able? To oh no, that's a different situation. No, I'm, I'm talking like open carrying Dunkin' Donuts. Right, right. Well, I don't. But going back to the original, when I said <laughs> it, you know, if a lawyer by by a citizen wanted to have a gun to protect themselves, and you said I I'd rather not have it, but in some people's case. Well, I need to protect my home and family because I know the police are understaffed. Yeah, no, I get it. may not get here on time. Yeah. And then if I have to protect my family, if I don't have that protection and then someone hurts my family, then you know, I don't true. know that's what people... Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm not cool with people walking around with them everywhere. Well, that's that's the thing. That and, would be awful. You know, it's... Yeah, I mean, a gun for home protection, I get that. It makes, it makes sense. Um, you know, obviously I have a gun because I'm... Yes, it's my job absolutely. and... You know, it's it's kind of a burden because I'm always I lock it up and then I'm worried about whatever. You know, it's just you know just to worry about it. You know, because I know what it can do and you know. Power comes great responsibility. Thank you, Spider-Man. I would never get a gun because I would like I would shut my lights off with it. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd be like Homer Simpson. Sal sees how I set up this podcast. I'd always be firing my gun. I know. With the. I mean, I don't think there's any answer, you know. No, there's no answer. It's like, it's, yeah. you know, it's just. We live in a broken world with broken people, and, um, you know. We I think the, I think being a policeman, you, you see a lot of things we haven't seen. It's like people that go to war. They feel different about war than what most yeah, people do. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's. So, like, going to the topic of, like, suicide, for instance, you know, it's, you know, men are more likely to complete the act because we usually have access to firearms mm-hmm. that's just usually what happens you know it's you know it's not pills or whatever it's you know shooting yourself right. you know it's just yeah i don't know it's it's a tough question you know i'm sure people would be listening to me and be like you know not very happy with what i'm saying about guns but right. and i know and, and it <laughs> kind of surprised me because i've spoken to other police officers who are all for it yeah, you being, but I like I understand your your aspect where you've seen things that could have been avoided. Yeah. So I yeah. guess you know is that in the law enforcement community, community you find like there's more. It's, it's pro gun, right? Well, it's, it's for, for, law enforcement's yeah. conservative. Yes. Like in the best version of conservative, I yeah. think you know, you know it's you know, but you know I'm I'm not I'm a moderate Democrat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't think guns should be get gotten rid of or anything like that. I just think you know, just a little more responsibility would be nice. And that, you know, I, I respect that. I, mean, I think there should be, you know, the training yeah. aspect and the gun safety aspect mm. should be, you know, thought about because yeah. you just buy a gun, you get a blue card. Yeah. Wait your seven days or That's whatever, it. and you got your gun. And now you got a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm ready to and, go. and like you said, the people. I'm not emotionally. Some people aren't emotionally. Some people, yeah, stable, yeah, yeah you know? exactly. So it's yeah. look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get a gun. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not getting a gun anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> you walk into the gun store like that, you're not getting a gun. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be three dead dogs, a dead parrot, and a, a dead cat. Like a gun in my house. So, um, uh, you know, ending. Uh, what's anything in the horizons for you, Matt? Um, any? Um, I, 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 you know. 
I don't know if you're close to retirement. How many you? You got 22 <laughs> years. Not that you're old. I'm just saying. Thank you. You Thank got 22 you. years. Why don't you, you get out of here and go to the home? Uh, <laughs> Back know, in my then, day, you know, is there Grover Cleveland was president. Is, is there something after law enforcement that you would like to pursue? Politics, maybe? No, 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 no politics. You're just gonna ride off into the sunset. No, no, I have, you know, I have my counseling degree now, and gonna get licensed hopefully in a few years, and then. Um, um, you know, my wife has her own practice, so going okay. going to practice with her. Oh, nice. It's a Ocean State Counseling and Wellness located on Atwood Avenue, Johnston. So I can tell her I said that. So you know, you, you know. <laughs> hey, you can sleep in the bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go crazy now. <laughs> no more couch. Yeah, I know. Uh, so. so you're gonna go pursue that that's yeah yeah that's kind of my my thing i think it's yeah, you know helping, helping people out yep. and i know like you know we've spoke on this this podcast where there are people you know that need that help and i mm-hmm. i commend you for wanting to do that and uh, help people out and thank you, you know, because you know some people just say oh, i'm just gonna retire i'm gonna go uh fishing and or golfing and, and oh, i'm gonna do golfing do go- i'm gonna, gonna do golfing golf well. yeah and i'll golf yeah. Yeah, in, but in, 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 between. in between, right? Yeah, yeah. I still have like eight years left, so I guess I got some time. <laughs> okay, well, that's great. Well, Matt, I thank you for uh, joining us. It was very informational. Oh, we thank you. A lot today. Thank you for I having hope me. Hope everybody would enjoy that. Uh, just to see a little behind the scenes of uh, a law enforcement. Absolutely. So thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, that's it. That's okay. it. Okay. Uh, we'll see Everyone be safe time. and no one shoot anybody, please. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Take care. Hey, what's, what's Maria's daughter's name? Mia? Maria's daughter. Why? I want to say goodbye to Mia. Okay, say goodbye to Mia. Goodbye to Mia. She Bye. Like, she, like, she does like your laugh. She likes my laugh, so. Okay. Thank All right, you. goodbye. <laughs>